and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. And I am not Jude. I'm Tara, host of There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so excited to have you on again. And as a bit of housekeeping here at the top, just for those who don't know, uh, Jude will be taking a bit of a break from the podcast. And so in the last minute, like the hero that she is, Tara was able to join in and uh, fill in for Jude for this episode. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me here, Trey. And I, it's it's really Jude's loss because I'm really excited to talk with you today about all of the the news that we heard about this past week in the MCU. And now there's two big Captain America fans on this episode. So, <laughs> so Jude's not going to be able to have his moment to come in in all his Team Iron Man glory. So <laughs> this has been the plan all along. We've signed, we finally have outnumbered Jude and now he's just completely gone because in the end, didn't Team Cap win anyway? So <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, like you said, I'd like to, to make sure we mention here at the top, you know, there was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe you are currently wrapping up at least what's been projected on the schedule on social media. How's it been uh, with season two? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride because when I worked on my first, what, I, what I'm kind of calling a season of the podcast. I don't know if that term is really applicable, <laughs> but I'm using that term to encompass the episodes that I'm doing based around a particular concept or theme. So mm -hmm. the first one that I did was eight full episodes and it the timing was right that it corresponded with mostly being in lockdown and then having a summer break from teaching. And so I was able to get those uh, episodes out in quick succession. And during the second season that I've done, it's it's been more of a process. I've taken a little bit of time off here and there, uh, but it's still been super fun. It's, it's just, you know, sometimes life and responsibilities cause a little bit of a uh, disruption, as you know. Um, but it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun, and I am currently recording. Instead of doing, usually I have one guest come on, and that person I have a an in depth discussion about one particular movie with for each episode. Mm -hmm. But for Endgame, I'm recording a bunch of smaller segments with people who have already guested on the show. So it's been really cool to revisit some of the earlier conversations that we had about whichever movie we had talked about in our episode and to get that person's take on Endgame. And I'm going to edit all of that together. And it's probably going to be two episodes of kind of like a, a quote unquote finale for my season two. That is such an amazing way to handle it because Endgame is already a behemoth of a movie. But having all the guests from previous episodes talking about the previous movies culminating into that, that's so cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's going to turn out turn out pretty cool. And I have one guest on who actually, he, he's the only one who hasn't guested previously on the show. Mm -hmm. And I recorded my segment with him yesterday. And that was a lot of fun because I don't know if I want to spoil it, but he, he's <laughs> a relative newcomer to the MCU. But it was really, really fitting for he and I to have a discussion about Endgame. And I'm, I'm excited to build that piece into a larger episode. That'll be awesome. And again, for those listening, 
There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to it wherever you find podcasts. So as far as the bulk of what today's episode is going to be, as you know, we basically had Marvel Christmas last week where (laughs) Disney had their investor day and we got a bunch of Marvel news. So we're going to be going through that a little bit. We've kind of got the outline of everything that was announced and we'll be spending some time on the things that we were the most excited about. So... Uh, I think the most natural place to start is with the WandaVision trailer too. Mm-hmm. So I've, I think I've, I've mentioned this a little bit on podcasts before, either in the cast itself or the in tags. I have an irrational fear of like that slow realization of like nothing is real. Like it just kind of spooks me out. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, WandaVision is my nightmare come true. <laughs> yeah, it, they've done such a good job in these trailers of making it seem so eerie. Mm-hmm. so compelling, so cool, you know, such interesting visuals and really, really unsettling. Yeah, that moment where she's talking to her neighbor and she goes, who are you? And like the neighbor had like a smiling face on her on her. And then she just kind of like immediately gets concerned and then it just kind of distorts and she goes back to being smiley. Like that freaks me out, I think, more than anything I've seen in the MCU so far. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for it. I'm excited for that strange, somewhat eerie, kind of bizarre, trippy nature that it seems like this show is going to have and that we got a little bit of in the first Doctor Strange movie. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later about the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. And I'm really interested to see how this show may be setting a little bit of the tone that we might see more of in that movie. Right. Um, Because, I mean, they even confirmed that it will be tying in to the next Doctor Strange movie. And it makes sense, like you said, with the way that it's as trippy as it is. And, you know, Jude and I have talked about this before, but it's it's so smart the way they're segmenting television by the decades as a way to demonstrate the different realities that we're going to be experiencing in the show. Man, I'm so excited. It's brilliant. It's such an interesting thing. Anytime there's a kind of meta commentary on the genre itself or this idea of playing with genre and the conventions of, in this case, a television show and how fitting that this is the first official MCU television show that we're getting. I I mean, maybe that's a controversial statement given the fact that there have been other, (laughs) there have been other television shows connected to the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of this era, the Disney plus era, for lack of a better term, It just, to me, it really excites me that they're playing with that convention of TV. And it's just every little bit of content that we're getting related to WandaVision is blowing me away. And the posters, uh, you know, with the different decades. And I I just, part of me feels like (laughs) I kind of, in an alternate reality. (laughs) (laughs) How fitting. (laughs) um, Right, exactly. Like, I, I kind of, if this was the only thing that we had coming up, and if this was the only content we were getting... I could see myself being even more immersed in it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just I think the only reason why I haven't been fully immersed in WandaVision content and nothing but WandaVision content, uh, you know, other than work and responsibilities and all that (laughs) is, is just that there is so much other stuff going on. So I feel like some of my excitement is split right now, (laughs) if that makes sense. But I'm really, really excited for January 15th and to have that opportunity to spend that six weeks just really focusing on this one show and and experiencing that week to week, you know, 
build and speculation and excitement. The only, you know, other thing recently that I've experienced that with has been the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Um, So good. Oh, it's, it is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And don't even get me started, you know, in terms of the Disney day content, overwhelming so much stuff. And so I, I haven't even fully processed the star Wars side of things yet. I I just spent some time really like digging into all of the MCU news that mm-hmm. I my mind has still not even wrapped itself itself around all of the Star Wars news. But that being said, um, I'm just really excited to be able to have those those six weeks to dig into WandaVision, and I can't wait. Monica Rambeau, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with her and that connection. And um, the actress Catherine Hahn, who plays I guess I guess she's the neighbor or the friend, right. Um, I'm so excited to see her. She's in so many things. I, I've seen this actor in in so many comedic roles, mm-hmm. and she's just great. Um, I'm really excited for her. You can tell by the trailers alone that she's gonna steal whatever scene she's in. Like she command, like she has a commanding presence every time. And I think the thing that's so exciting about her performance that's coming is, even as we're jumping decade to decade in the show there's a consistency to her that is just kind of like eerie, yeah, but intriguing. And I cannot wait to see what they do with that. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited for that aspect. And I'm also wondering about how much of the show will be in that, you know, older era sitcom style. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously for the purpose of the of the promotion, right. Of the the posters and the trailers, they've kind of leaned into that. I'm curious about how much that is. Are we going to see that in every episode? I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to find out. Me too. Yeah. I think we, uh, Jude and I did a um, kind of a preview of that first trailer. And that was one of the things that I was hoping is that they don't, cause like we already know things are not what they seem. So I hope they don't try and sell us on it being quote unquote real for too long. Right. So I can't imagine it being like maybe an episode or two before things all break loose, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. So like we said, uh, we do have confirmation that Wanda will be appearing in Dr. Strange two, which I can't remember if we had a a confirmed release date, but for sure we have it as March 25th, 2022. And along with that announcement, they confirmed that Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, and Chuatel Ejiofor will return, as well as introducing Sochi Gomez as America Chavez. I don't know a lot about America Chavez. I've only seen her mentioned like in the Marvel Studios subreddit before and like her her comic art. And I'm really excited about that character. I, I don't know anything about it, but there's just something about it that seems exciting. Yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, because this is also a character that I don't really know anything about. And I think from what I've been hearing, it seems like she is younger, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because I, I think that there seems to be this sense of having some younger folks being introduced to the superhero world um, with Kate Bishop as well. And um, so that seems cool. And I don't know if I'm correct, but I think I saw something about her bringing in some LGBTQ representation. Oh, I awesome. don't know if that's, yeah, I, I don't know if that's completely confirmed or not, but, um, but yeah, it sounds intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It really seems like the MCU is setting up young Avengers and I mean, it's it's hard not to follow that breadcrumbs with everything that we've gotten so far. Totally. 
Another thing that was confirmed, which I was surprised, is they also confirmed that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will tie in to the upcoming Spider-Man 3 film as well. This wasn't stuff that was announced in the Investor Day announcement, but we've been hearing a lot of chatter <laughs> about Spider-Man 3, and it's shaping up to be a really busy film. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't know if I have a full grasp on what's just rumor <laughs> at this point and what has been confirmed. But all of the Spider-Man 3 news and speculation has been wild. Um, I, I just, part of me has, I'm at this place where I really trust the MCU. Mm -hmm. And anytime I have a little bit of a moment where I'm like, wait, is this movie really going to be stuffed with all of these different characters <laughs> and what's going on? I'm like, you know what? I trust them. Yeah. They can handle this. The, the first two Spider-Man movies in the MCU, I loved and I, I think it's going to be really cool. And I'm excited to see his story and the MCU Spider-Man story connect more and more and more. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And su such kind of interesting details, too, where we have Sam Raimi directing Multiverse of Madness, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Multiverse of Madness connecting with Spider-Man 3. And of course, Raimi did, you know, the Toby Spider-Man back in the day, right? So it's, it's kind of just an interesting world. It's also fitting in mm -hmm. like almost a meta way that I, I wasn't expecting. And, you know, I, I too kind of share that feeling of like, you know, I, I trust the MCU, but I think there is a small part of me and maybe others that's kind of snake bitten from Spider-Man mm -hmm. 3 from the Sam Raimi ones. But, sure. uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with that. So after that announcement, uh, we did get the first trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is now confirmed for March 19th. 2021 oh. and as two captain america fanboys <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i know i know this one again it kind of like wandavision i kind of wish was this was the only thing that i had mm -hmm. in front of me right now so i could just fully immerse myself in just thinking about this I, what i mean as soon as this trailer started i had chills yeah like i'm a very <laughs> I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm very emotional when it comes to media. Like, I will cry. I'm the person that cries in theaters because, like, it's, it doesn't even have to be sad. Like, it's just, like, so overwhelmingly good. I'll just start boohooing a little bit. Mm -hmm. A year ago, uh, during the Super Bowl, when they had the very first yes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, teaser, and it was just Sam practicing with the shield, I started tearing up. Like, just mm -hmm. from that alone. So seeing that expounded here and them really leaning into... Sam trying to live up to the mantle of Captain America. Oh man, I'm this, I think of the stuff that's in the near future, this is one of my most anticipated ones. Yeah, I completely agree. I love the characters of Sam and Bucky. Mm -hmm. Loved their dynamic in Civil War. I loved the movie Winter Soldier. I, I just, there's so much here that I'm excited about. And that very first shot in the trailer with the the you know museum like imagery related to Steve Rogers Captain America and that shot of Sam standing there in the suit and you can see the shield and he says the legacy of the shield is complicated i mean incredible just <laughs> i earlier today actually i was rewatching a bunch of the trailers and teasers again mm -hmm. and i was on youtube and it kind of automatically was playing some of them and it went from the second theatrical Black Widow trailer to this Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. And I was just really struck by how cinematic this trailer really felt. Right. And and how it felt like it made sense alongside Black Widow, you know? Mm -hmm. Right? Like just 
I don't know, that that cinematic quality. And, and I think Feige even said in his announcement, right, that it was meant to feel like a movie over six six episodes. And I, I just, I can't wait. And it shows too, because that scene where Sam is dodging the, I believe it's the helicopter in the canyons and he's pulling off all those moves with his wingsuit. It's like, man, like this feels straight off the big screen onto the streaming service. And like you said, Feige teased that this is a cinematic experience over six episodes. And something that I was kind of zoning in in on, which we can see contrasting the first two trailers we got, but definitely as we see more of these, it really feels like this is the most diverse that the MCU has been in a really long time. Like the different pockets of the universe that we're exploring, because it's almost like the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I mean, of course, is continuing that same vibes that we had in in Winter Soldier and Civil War. Uh, I know we haven't seen it yet, but you're completely spot on with the Black Widow, the the tone that they're setting with these movies. They feel like their own cohesive visual look. Totally. So speaking of Black Widow, this was kind of peppered in, but I, I went ahead and grouped them here. We got confirmation on release dates for the upcoming movies for the MCU. So of course, we have Black Widow on May 7th, 2021, Shang-Chi on July 19th, 2021, and finally, The Eternals on November 5th, 2021. I think I texted Jude at this point, and I just said, we're going to be busy next year. Like, <laughs> this is going to be a really busy year. We went from oh, yeah. like trying to fill in those early days of the podcast to, like, I don't know how we're going to get all this in now. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, it's like feast and famine, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because you, you keep saying how you wish this was the thing like that was just announced so we could focus in on this. It is. It's such a shock going from like nothing at all to more than we could handle. Like it took me watching the announcements twice to finally get every detail that they put out. Oh, totally. It, it made me last Thursday. I, I I was overwhelmed. I was nervous in a way <laughs> with everything <laughs> happening. It just Yeah, it felt very overwhelming, ultimately in a good way, because taking the time to you know, go through and watch the announcements again and watch, you know, all of the trailers and teasers and first looks again has been so much fun. But um, I mean, the three movies you just listed, each one of them, you know, could be an entire episode for us to talk about um, (laughs) what we anticipate for it. Um, I'm curious to hear your take on how much you know about or what your feelings are about the Eternals, because I think that's the only one that I feel like, I I guess I just don't know enough about it. I know it has a really huge cast and it's the one that I'm most curious as to how it's going to fit in the larger MCU. Mm -hmm. So for me, honestly, the biggest pool and the only thing that I know about it is Kumail Nanjiani. He will be starring mm-hmm. in it. He's somebody that I've been familiar with for a really long time. He was on a podcast called Harmontown, uh, which is where I first kind of got introduced to him. Uh, he ended up joining the cast of Silicon Valley. Amazing there. It's just he I've been following his work for so long. So that's like been my hook into the Eternals. But as far as the in universe, I don't I'm not much of a comic book reader, so I don't know a lot about the Eternals. Mm-hmm. But I was telling Jude this a couple of weeks ago. It feels like it's just a different segment of the MCU we've never explored before. Like we have more like, you know, Earth-based stuff with the Avengers. You know, we kind of got a broader picture of space with the Guardians and um, and Captain Marvel. And then this almost feels like a step higher, like a celestial side of right. the MCU. And I'm really, I'm nervous, but it's almost the same level of nerves that I had for the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we know how well that turned out. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> if that's if that's any indication of why we should continue to trust the MCU, then 
then I think we should trust that the Eternals is going to do something really cool as well. But yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely the one I think I have the most question marks about. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for uh, Shang-Chi because the actor Simu Liu, I don't know if you've ever seen a Canadian TV show called Kim's Convenience. No, I've heard about it. It's fantastic. It's a comedy and he is, you know, funny in it. Um, <laughs> but he's great. He's a really, really strong presence. And uh, I already liked him a lot. And when I found out that he was cast in Shang-Chi, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And he's somebody that like from the moment he was announced, you could tell how excited he is to be in the MCU because he's so present on social media and and Mm -hmm. vocal about things that matter. And he feels like somebody that's been there for so long and his movie hasn't even come out yet. And so I'm very excited to see what he does. Yeah, that's so true. So those are the the groupings of the movies that we got. Um, We also got a trailer for the Disney Plus show Loki which will be debuting in May 2021. The MCU can't quit Tom Hiddleston, and I'm so thankful for it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, this one took me by surprise. Really? Because it did, because I do love Loki. Mm -hmm. I love the character and what he's done in the MCU so far. But again, and I really need to stop doubting (laughs) if that's if what any of this shows i shouldn't doubt but i i wasn't sure how they were going to approach a loki series and i i had almost this like like is loki are we oversaturated in loki and this character who i genuinely love he's he's died and he's been resurrected and he's gone through such an arc right right over the course of the infinity saga so I was thinking to myself, where in the MCU timeline is this story going to take place? And then, of course, it's like, well, surprise, it doesn't. It it takes place in a different timeline, right? Of course it takes place in a different timeline. Like, how did we not, you know, like, how didn't I think of that? Um, So I I think it's just brilliant that they use that scene in Endgame as the catalyst for the Loki spinoff. And again, the the MCU just, it never ceases to amaze me how they make these connections. And this trailer completely washed away any bit of concern that I may have initially had. And I'm so stoked on this one. Me too. I mean, that ending shot of just him in like his headgear, but he has like the political vote Loki badge on like that enough was a, was enough to sell me. I'm like, okay, this is just going to be pure fun because mm-hmm. as you pointed out, you know, where in the timeline does this take place? It's, it's, I hate to keep saying this. I feel like I, I call the MCU brilliant all the time, but I'm a fanboy, <laughs> so it's going to happen, but it's brilliant that they were able to do it in a way that we're getting a Loki that goes back to the middle of his hero's journey. This isn't the Loki that we see at the end of Endgame where he's kind of learned his lessons and become a better person. This is like end of the first Avengers where he's still got that villainous side. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with a Loki that hasn't learned all his lessons yet. I'm so excited for it. And it's so clever. And I I don't think it's an overstatement to call it brilliant. Brilliant is all over my notes, too. (laughs) It really is. Because I I just, that's what we want to see more of. I I didn't, personally, I I didn't really want to see him come back from the dead again in the, mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it, the the current main timeline of the Endgame universe, the Infinity Saga universe. I, I wasn't sold on the idea of a prequel. I mean, so it's, it's, it's perfect. And it, the MCU has this way of making these, you know, these twists and turns and the, of course we have a way to do this thing to solve this problem. It doesn't feel contrived. It feels like, oh, 
that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. In hindsight, it's, it it almost feels like Endgame was a backdoor pilot for so many of these shows because it kicked yeah. off Loki. I mean, they I mean they used footage from Endgame, um, and then at the end of the scene with Bucky and and Sam, uh, where they're mm-hmm. kind of talking to Steve, you know, that led into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then you know with WandaVision, they were laying the groundwork for that. So I mean, all of it is is just is great groundwork they've been doing. Yeah, and to your point that you brought up before too. We see such a a variety of tone and style in the MCU. And I think we're seeing that, you know, develop with these uh, looks, these first tastes of the Disney Plus shows that we're getting. And looking at the Loki trailer, it feels so different from WandaVision and so different from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And yet there's something that they all have in common. And I was thinking about like, well, what is that factor that somehow makes these feel you know, tied together. And obviously the quality is a big part of it and the budget, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the budget that allows (laughs) for that quality. (laughs) That Disney budget. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I I think, you know, the MCU really succeeds in immersing you into the world that you're in and making that world feel real. So going from one of these trailers to the next, you feel like you're in a different yet connected world. And there's so many little details that I feel like we'd have to watch these trailers so many times to, to fully take in. And I just, yeah, I'm each one. I feel like I'm more excited than the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, it's something that just came to me, um, you know, cause you mentioned the infinity saga. I mean, the thing that tied all those together was the infinity stones. And so as we're getting ready to start phase four, I don't know if we know with that cohesive thread that's that's going to be there for this next saga that we embark on. Yeah. So I that may be attributing to this um, differentiating feeling we have between the shows we've seen so far. But because they've done such a great job in that first phase of establishing the universe, now they just get to have fun and play in all sorts of corners of, of the, their universe. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting way of thinking of it. But to bring it back to Loki real quick, as much as I love Tom Hiddleston, I think the thing I was most excited about was Owen Wilson. That took me by surprise. I was not expecting Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was one of those things where like, because I browse the Marvel Studios subreddit all the time. And it was one of those things that comes in passing because they always have some rumor or what. And I remember seeing Owen Wilson was cast in Loki. And then I just forgot about it. And then seeing him interact, I was like, I immediately want to know everything about this character. He seems like he's going to be one of my new favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you just get a little taste of him, but mm-hmm. that I, I don't know if, I mean, obviously it's, it's attributable to him and the yeah. writing, of course, but we haven't seen all of that in context yet. So the way they edited it, the trailer was, I think, really well done to give you just enough of a taste of this character that you're intrigued. Mm-hmm. So good. So from there, we got a trailer for Marvel's first animated series, which is What If? And it is going to be a series that is basically exploring that scenario of alternate happenstances in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that will be debuting in summer of 2021. First off, that animation looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen like stills before. I don't know if we've seen anything. And in... No, we have seen some stuff in motion, but this is obviously the the biggest look we've seen so far and i really like how cohesive it is uh, what i'm assuming is episode to episode and the different stories that they're going to be exploring in those alternate takes 
Yeah, this looks super cool. And I, you know, I, I don't have much experience, I guess you could say, with uh, animated shows. Uh-huh. Um, even if we're if we're thinking about the Star Wars world, I've, I've only seen some of the Clone Wars um, uh-huh. and some of Rebels. And uh, so I it's not the thing I get into the most, but this looks really intriguing. And I think again this is a maybe not confirmed thing but from what i've read that it's most of if not all of the actors actually doing the voice work i believe so cool yeah i i definitely recognized peggy carter mm-hmm. who i'm blanking on her voice actress or her actress name uh Haley atwell thank you thank you thank you yeah <laughs> Haley atwell uh and there were some other uh, My, uh michael rooker for mm-hmm. Yondu. So they, they definitely have some of the, the original actors in there for the voice work, which is really cool because, I mean, I, who am I to say? But it, it seems like it could have been one of those things where they could have just casted somebody else, but they're really pulling through to bring in the names that were established for this. And I, I, I like that additional detail. Yeah, I agree. And it's, again, it's the MCU and they're fully committed to everything that they're doing and making things feel part of a cohesive whole. So I'm really excited to see it. And I did love the uh, the idea of Peggy Carter as the super soldier with the uh, with the Union Jack on the shield. <laughs> that oh, was pretty so cool. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've only seen the first season of Agent Carter. Um, and of course, all the appearances she's made within the MCU alone, she totally deserves like her own feature film. Like she has been phenomenal. Have, have you seen season one of Agent Carter? I've only seen the first episode of Agent Carter. My experience with the Marvel TV shows is embarrassingly limited. <laughs> well, I've only seen season one of Agent Carter, and then I think I tapped out in season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just because okay. one, once I found out it wasn't quote-unquote canon, it right. just it moved down my priority list, which is bad, but I'll get to it someday. There's just so much content out there, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> but I've, yeah, I've dabbled in uh, watching at least the first episode of, of pretty much all of the shows. And at some point, I am going to make my way through them because I really, really want to. I mm-hmm. just haven't uh, haven't fully committed the time to it yet. But she is wonderful. I think that, uh, yeah, she's super talented. And the Peggy Carter character is really interesting. So I like the idea of the what if show giving a platform for, uh, well, exactly that, I guess, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to live up to its title. I had a question about is the the watcher who seems to kind of be the maybe narrator of all this, is, is that a comics character? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, so Jude is definitely the more comic heavy knowledge person, uh, clearly okay. by the way that I phrased that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if I want to say, wasn't that one of the cameos of, uh, Stan Lee and Guardians? They yes. teased it at least. So yeah, obviously yes. it's a different voice, but, uh, yeah, the, the watcher is definitely something that's been present within, within the Marvel comics. Very cool. So from there, we got honestly one of the biggest surprises that I thought, which was we got actual footage for Miss Marvel, which will be mm-hmm. debuting in 2021. And that will be starring actress Iman Vellani as Kamala, and the show will be written by Bisha K. Ali. So this is because we just talked about it. I'm not much of a comic book reader, but surprisingly, uh, Miss Marvel is one of the few comic books I have read. So I feel like this almost attachment to the character that I don't think I've ever had with any of the other MCU properties. And I'm so excited to see 
that she is coming to the MCU first in the Disney Plus show and then eventually into the MCU movies. Yeah, this is really exciting. The little bit of footage they released was so great. And I'm curious because you have read the comics. Um, to what extent I I'm getting the sense that she seems to almost be kind of filling the role of like a bit of a stand in for the fans, right? Especially maybe younger fans. And so I like to what extent in the comics is she kind of uh, poised as this you know, person who kind of looks up to the superheroes and then finds herself in that world. Yeah. So I think that's what one, because obviously it is it as all, well, usually as all the younger superheroes are, they're kind of like this coming of age story mm -hmm. with just with the superhero dressings. But the step further that I think they go with Kamala Khan is that she, like you said, is a fan of the Avengers because she lives in a world where they are, you know, the biggest names in their universe. And so there's almost this added le level of relate relatability where, you know, <laughs> as people who have podcasts dedicated to their <laughs> cinematic universe, like we are her in that level of excitement. And as we get to see her become the superhero herself and deal with what that means as a person growing, you know, growing up and fitting into that role of superheroes, it's just, it's delightful. Um, I haven't gotten too far into where she's cross crossing over with a lot of the other heroes, but I've definitely see, seen her mingle with them so far, and it's it's really good. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm excited for that. It, it feels like, you know, in a franchise that has done so many different, as we were saying, right, so many different takes on... Maybe that's not the right term, right? Uh, they've done so many different approaches to the superhero world and, and have played with different types of tones and styles. Uh, the thing that we haven't seen yet is that kind of like, what would it be like to be a young person growing up in the world, right? Looking up to the Avengers. And I, I think that's going to be really, really cool to see. Yeah. And I like the connection with Captain Marvel. And I guess it, I guess actually the Captain Marvel movie played with that a little bit in that you had the younger Monica Rambeau, who we know is going to play a role in the future as well. And like, she clearly really looked up to Carol. Different situation though, I guess. She didn't know that Carol was a superhero at the time. <laughs> you can cut this. I think I'm kind of babbling at this no, point. No. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because it totally plays into the influence that these young generations are having. Right. And if they really are setting up the young Avengers, then this it almost feels like Kamala Khan is going to be the groundwork that they set to see how that's been influenced on this next generation that will be I'm assuming heading up the MCU. Yeah, and I'm really excited for the way that they're doing that too, right? So they're introducing us to these younger characters and these newer characters alongside characters that we already know and love. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a really weird analogy. <laughs> but and I don't know if you've ever been you know, like a you know, a pet parent, but you know how they kind of say, like, if you have an older pet who, you know, you, sometimes it makes people feel more comforted to then introduce like a kitten or a puppy who mm -hmm. has a relationship with your older pet so that when your older pet passes on, like you're kind of holding on to that relationship. <laughs> this is a very strange analogy, as I said. No, it, but <laughs> it, it fits because the first thing I thought of was how devastated I was when Cap left the MCU. <laughs> right, right. So, and then it's like, oh, well, but Sam had a relationship with Cap. And so now we have a relationship with Sam. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I think this idea of bringing in the newer characters, the younger characters specifically alongside old favorites, I 
I think that's going to make us feel an attachment to the new crowd as well until, you know, once the people we already know and love are completely phased out, right? We'll be, we'll still be left with people we've come to love. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So, you know, you did mention that uh, Kamala Khan will be appearing in Captain Marvel 2. They've been setting that up as well and playing off what you just said about the way they're introducing new characters alongside old favorites. um, We got our next announcement, which is the Hawkeye Disney Plus show, which will be debuting in 2021. Now, if I am not mistaken. I do believe in your podcast. You mentioned <laughs> you are the world's biggest Hawkeye fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I have slowly but surely begun to, I've, I've softened. I have softened on Hawkeye. I really have. And I, you know, he was not, he's still not, you know, one of my top favorites, mm-hmm. but all of that being said, I, I think even the experience of Endgame. And the experience now of reflecting on Endgame and talking about it with other people for the podcast, I think it makes me have a a deeper appreciation for his arc over the course of the Infinity Saga. And and that happens sometimes with the MCU, that Mm -hmm. after time goes on and you see the character in new contexts later, it kind of makes you rethink some of how you took in their earlier appearances. So that being said... I think this looks cool. The set photos look really cool. I, I'm not really familiar with Haley Steinfeld. I think she's done music as well, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Yes. Um, but I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. I like, I, you know, I think it took me a while to realize the role that Hawkeye played as the grounding factor of the Avengers since he mm-hmm. is basically just human. So I've, I've grown to appreciate him as well. Um, and as far as, as Haley Steinfeld, she was in the remake of. I say a few years ago, it might be close to 10 at this point, uh, The True Grit. And that was the first time that I saw her in something. And from there, I mean, she couldn't have been older than like 15, 16. She was super young. And from that movie, she just completely blew me away. And I am beyond excited that she is joining the MCU because she is really talented. Like she made me enjoy Bumblebee. Like I'm not the world's biggest Transformers fan, but the fact that she was in it alone was enough to be like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, um, was she the main? Was she the lead in Bumblebee? She was, yeah. Okay, I've yet to see that. I've heard things about it, and mm-hmm. I have been meaning to watch it. Okay, very cool. Yeah, she's gonna be. I mean, you know, we. I think we often take for granted how lucky we were that majority of the first Infinity Saga actors stayed with it for so long. Right. If that comes to be the case for Haley Steinfeld, I think they've got a grand slam with someone to help anchor the future of the MCU because she is really, really talented. Very cool. Very cool. I'm excited. I'm more excited now. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that uh, that she was in that movie True Grit, um, which I did see a while ago. Very cool. Yeah. So. We got another confirmation with She-Hulk, which will be debuting on Disney Plus in 2022. Uh, We have confirmation now that Tatiana Maslany will portray Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. And in addition, we will be getting Mark Ruffalo, of course, as Bruce Banner, and Tim Roth as Mm -hmm. Abomination. Yeah, this is really exciting. Yeah. Are you familiar with Tatiana Maslany and the show Orphan Black? I am not, but I, I hear that I'm greatly missing out. Oh, it's, it is actually one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow. And the world building in there and the, the pacing of it, the character work in there. I think if you're somebody who appreciates the MCU, I think there are things in there that you would really appreciate. 
and she is incredible. Uh, her range is insane, and if you've heard about it, I know, I'm sure you've heard that she plays clones, so she's playing all of these different characters, and I am really, really excited to see her in the MCU. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, because, uh, I, I, again, Marvel Studios subreddit, they've been talking nonstop, because we actually got the news that she was in it like a few months ago yes but her and other people have been very coy about it because of, of course i'm sure they couldn't officially say it yet and she was outright denying it mm -hmm. uh but with this disney investor day news we finally have confirmation that she's in it so i'm i'm really excited and i might have to check out orphan black yeah yeah from from what i know of you which is not too much although we're <laughs> we're getting to know each other a little bit better i do think you'd enjoy it i do think you'd enjoy it cool i'll check it out I think one of the things that I'm also excited about this is not only because I talked about it before, I'm really excited about She-Hulk because from my understanding, she's a character that's a lot closer to Smart Hulk in that she has the permanent physical form of a Hulk, mm -hmm. but the the still keeping the intelligence of her human form. And I think that'll be a lot more fun to explore because we kind of got not a lot of it in Endgame. We kind of just jumped in the middle of it. So this feels like a chance for them to redo that and reintroduce that concept. Yeah, I'm excited for that too, because what we did get of that with Ruffalo's Smart Hulk, I loved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think this is going to be really cool. And I know that the character is a lawyer, so I, I'm hoping for some maybe courtroom drama spin <laughs> <laughs> on, on this. And um, the payoff for watching the 2008 Hulk movie and getting Tim Roth as Abomination. Yeah. Very cool. So it's been a while since I've seen the 2008 The Incredible Hulk, but I, I've i never been super hard on it. Like I've always had a soft spot for it and it always bummed me out that the MCU never really pulled from it, at least until Civil War with, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Ross, right? Ross, yes, thank you. Um, so the fact that it seems like they're pulling from it even more now is is giving me hope because Abomination's a cool character. Tim Roth is a great actor. Um, it'll be great to see him come back. But you also mis mentioned that it, she's a lawyer, and so we're probably going to see some courtroom shenanigans and drama. You know, Kevin Feige teased other superhero courtroom appearances and it felt to me that that was almost a daredevil tease, mm -hmm. which Jude and I have been going because Jude and I started this podcast talking about Daredevil, the Netflix TV series. And that was essentially us just taking a swing to be like, man, if they end up bringing Daredevil back to the MCU, we're going to look really, really smart. So I, <laughs> I'm so like, I'm hyped. I really think that that might be a daredevil tease and I'm excited to see that come to fruition. Yeah. The daredevil episodes of your podcast are the only ones I haven't listened to because like Agent Carter and many others, I have seen one episode of Daredevil and I intend to go back to it because it's a really intriguing premise and I it's at the top of my list of the shows as I plan to go back and visit slash revisit them. Yeah. So I think that would be really cool to see to see that character and some of the other characters from those shows make their way back in. I, I did watch the first, the entire first season of Jessica Jones and um, really enjoyed that when that came out. And I had started watching Luke Cage, you know, whenever that had come out. Um, so it'd be cool to see some of those characters make their way back in. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You mentioned how you see a lot of the first episodes for <laughs> TV shows. I think I am the inverse of you with Jessica Jones. I've seen every episode with the last one. 
And oh, is that it's, right? <laughs> it's not for not liking it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was just one of those shows that like got away from me and I never went back even with just one episode left. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did that with, uh, I guess it was orange is the new black. I think I, I there's like two episodes of that show. I never seen. <laughs> I don't know. It happened. Like yeah. my, my worst one is I was reading a book. I think it was called city of bones. And I think I, by the end of it, I was so not enjoying the experience that I was just kind of like, as bad as it is, just kind of like hate reading it. <laughs> and on the last page, there was something that made me mad. I didn't read the last three paragraphs and I never wow. intended to go back. <laughs> That's committed. <laughs> <laughs> or not committed, I guess. <laughs> Bit of a paradox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I do intend to make my way back to those shows because when I watched the first season of Jessica Jones, like I was so into it. And then... I don't know. Sometimes with TV, it just gets away from me and I, I don't find my way back, but I hope to. Yeah. That's a good thing about these these TV shows is usually they're there for you whenever you return to them. Mm-hmm. So moving on, another announcement we got is a character by the name of Moon Knight, which will be getting their Disney Plus show. And we don't have a confirmed uh, release date. It's TBA at the moment. And one of the things that I found interesting is that we've been seeing a lot of rustling that Oscar Isaac will be playing Moon Knight. But mm-hmm. they didn't confirm it here in this Investor Day announcement. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I was curious about that. I mean, maybe it's a contract thing. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, I think that was some of the speculation that I was seeing on on subreddits is that it, they're probably still in talks and nobody wants to tip their hand just yet. Sure. I do hope to see, I, I, um, oh my gosh, I almost called him Isaac Oscar. <laughs> That's the wrong person. Um, <laughs> I do hope to see Oscar Isaac in the MCU. I think he's very likable yeah he would definitely be a great addition to the mcu and i just learned about this character he seems intriguing the multiple identities seems like it could be an interesting direction to go in yeah it's one of the characters that i'm not too familiar with um as far as my understanding of it is he's like the batman of the marvel side of things kind of that brooding you know vigilante by night sort of character so i it'll be interesting i don't think we really have that in the mcu yet so that'll be fun definitely uh moving on we got another announcement for secret invasion which will be a disney plus series that is also tba it will star samuel L. jackson as nick fury and ben mendelson as talos and the series will focus on them as they hunt down the shape-shifting scrolls this sounds like a blast i know <laughs> So the first thing I'm curious is not too long ago, we got confirmation that we'd be getting a Nick Fury show. Is this supposed to be the Nick Fury show or are we getting this in addition to a show focused solely on Nick Fury? Do you have any ideas? I I don't know. My sense was that this was the Nick Fury show, but this idea had never crossed my mind. Kind of like with the idea of a Loki show, I was wondering to myself, like, where in the timeline is this going to be and (laughs) how is this going to fit in? And I love this idea, a buddy cop type thing with Talos and Nick Fury kind of sounds like a blast. And I loved their dynamic in Captain Marvel. So it sounds like it's going to be weird and cool. Yeah. I mean, any any excuse to have more Ben Mendelsohn is, is a welcome excuse. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. And as far as like you have a good point about the where in the timeline would this take place? Uh, I can't remember if this was on podcast or not, but Jude and I talked about this in potential futures for the MCU. And we brought up Secret Invasion. And the thing that kind of made me uncomfortable is that I didn't want them to retroactively reveal that like, hey, this person's been a scroll this entire time because mm. you're trapped in that 
it almost ruins the attachment that you might have had with that character. So seeing them do this as a Disney Plus series instead of the movie gives me hope that it's not going to be sort of that erasure of some of these characters we've come to know. But uh, of course, there's there's too many questions, but there's just something about it being a Disney Plus series that's fitting instead of trying to make it a movie. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Because what I loved about how they handled the time travel aspect in Endgame was that it didn't, the rules that they established for time travel established that it didn't, it didn't have to feel like erasure of, you know, characters and events and things that we had grown attached to. So I would hate to see that. I mean, even in Far From Home, right, there's a little bit of that moment of feeling like, oh, man, I was duped, you know, <laughs> um, although there were certainly hints in that movie that it wasn't really fury. But uh, but yeah, should be interesting. Yeah. Another one of the Disney Plus series announcements that we got, which I think kind of looking ahead, most of these are all Disney. Nope, I lied. I peeked ahead too far. But <laughs> <laughs> another Disney Plus series that we have is Ironheart, which will star Dominique Thorne, who will portray the role of Riri Williams as the character Ironheart. Now, uh, again, I feel like I could use a blanket statement for all these. I'm not too familiar with this character as we're moving into this new generation Mm -hmm. of heroes. uh, My understanding is that this is the person to take up sort of that Iron Man mantle. Um, And I'm really curious to see how this plays out. I'm I'm excited for it. Same. Yeah, I had no idea who this was. And I I recently um, actually... Two people who were guests on my show, uh, their names are Megan and Anthony, and they did an episode with me on Spider-Man Homecoming. Anyhow, recently they gifted me with this very big coffee table book called Ultimate Marvel, and it, it's almost like an encyclopedia of all like the different characters and things like that um, in the comics, and it's been really interesting for me to look through as someone who has not really read many of these comics. And I, long story short, <laughs> I went into the index to look up Ironheart and found the uh, entry on her because I had no idea who this was. But um, seems very intriguing. And it seems like she's a relatively new character even in the comics. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely consistent with this idea of like new generation coming in. Yeah. Also, that gift sounds amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. I want to look that up. That, uh, As people who have a, a Marvel podcast, I think that would come <laughs> definitely in handy. Yes, it was very thoughtful of them. So moving on from there, uh, another Disney Plus series that we're getting is Armor Wars, which is TBA as well. Don Cheadle will headline as James Rhodes, and it's going to be featuring, uh, as they quoted, it details one of Stark's worst fears come true. What happens when the Iron Man tech falls into the wrong hands? This feels like such a great way to continue on that Stark legacy because it makes sense that a character as pivotal and and monumental as Tony Stark, even if he's gone, the effect he had on the world is going to continue. So I'm so glad that we get to explore that with Armor Wars. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything like this. I wasn't necessarily expecting to hear that Rhodey would, you know, be... Uh, in a position to to carry a show. But yeah. I think it's such a cool idea. And Don Cheadle is so great. The character has such a great sense of humor. It's going to be very cool to see him get more screen time. And as you said, kind of see the legacy of the Iron Man technology. Very, very cool idea. Yeah. And if I had one wish in the world, it would be to bring Justin Hammer back. We have to, yes. like, this is the perfect <laughs> place to bring him in. And I, I hope that's what happens. Yes, that would be that would be perfect. 
Uh, from there, we got two little small announcements. One is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which will come out in 2022. And another... I, I don't even want to call it a series because the way they they said it, it almost made it feel like shorts, uh, mm -hmm. which is called I Am Groot, which is also TBA. I have never seen it, but I have heard of the infamous Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that this won't be the case for that. <laughs> No, I, you know, what better group of characters to do a, ho a holiday special with, really? It, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. It's so funny, too, because Jude and I were really just talking about how Iron Man 3 is the only holiday-themed episode in the MCU. So now That's that right. we're actually getting a full-on dedicated one, it's it'll be exciting to see. And I think if it wasn't going to be in the hands of James Gunn, there might be some of that <laughs> Star Wars holiday special concern. Like, like, cause I think, you know, at least as far as I know, I, I wasn't around for it actually coming into the world, but <laughs> it, it, it sounds as if it was kind of like a, you know, it was a, a, a an appeal to get viewers, right. Was mm -hmm. this idea of like, let's get people watching whatever channel it was on because people like Star Wars and here people like the holidays. Here we go. <laughs> um, but this certainly doesn't seem like it's that right. Like, I mean, taking these characters, with the writer and director who has been in charge of them all along. Uh, I can't wait to hear the soundtrack. It's going to be great. Oh, I didn't even think about how the soundtrack <laughs> would be into the... Okay, I just got even more excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> and, and if this, you know, we're in Disney property, I feel like we got a little bit of a hint in Age of Ultron that they were not afraid to play that clip of the Pinocchio song. So... If done right and done sparingly, if every so often we get a little bit of a sample of like a Disney classic musical hit, could be pretty cool. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, they'd be really taking advantage of that that Disney interconnectivity. <laughs> so I just want to touch on briefly, how do you feel about I Am Groot in sort of this introduction of shorts? Because it almost feels like it is a continuation of the Marvel one-shots in a way. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I'm intrigued. I don't, I, yeah, I don't really know what to expect on this one. I haven't done too much thinking about what I Am Groot is going to be like. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on it? So even, I thought they leaned a little heavy on Baby Groot in Guardians mm. of the Galaxy 2. So, I mean, I don't, I didn't hate the character, but it was just something that felt, no pun intended, a little gratuitous. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not super excited about there being like many shorts of I Am Groot, but I am excited for the possibility of what introducing shorts to the MCU will do. It'll it'll be interesting to see, like, focusing on those smaller characters. Yeah, that is an interesting idea to see how it plays out with this character and if it sets a precedent for the future. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, I am now going to steal the gratuitous pun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, moving on, uh, we got a, another announcement, uh, really just a reconfirmation of Blade joining the MCU, still TBA, and confirming that we will have Mahershala Ali as Blade. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I, I recently rewatched the original Blade, which is a, a wild ride, but the character itself is something I'm excited about seeing join the MCU again. Yeah, he's a wonderful actor, and I recently, I heard your episode that you guys did on uh, when you were talking about Blade that was the episode you did on which Marvel movies might be considered honorary MCU right yeah yeah and as you were talking about it in that episode 
I was struck by how embarrassing it is for me as both a Marvel fan and a fan of vampire stories that I have never seen (laughs) the Wesley Snipes Blade movies, just never got around to them. Although, as I said, seems like the intersection of a Venn diagram of things that I enjoy. Um, (laughs) So I definitely need to watch those. And I'm excited to see what the MCU is going to do with it. Yeah, it, it it almost feels we've talked so much about the way the MCU is carving out new aspects of their universe to play in with Moon Knight and with Blade. It really seems like we're going into a darker territory mm-hmm. than we've seen before, because with Blade specifically, I mean, he hunts down vampires. And if it's anything like the movie, a lot of that took place in like the nightlife. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a different turn for the MCU, which I'm really excited about. And, and like you said, Mahershala Ali, incredible actor. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen True Detective season three, but he was the main actor in that and he blew me away. Like he's incredible in that. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's so good. True Detective is one of those shows that's an anthology. So every season's different characters, different stories. Season one is great. Don't let season two, if you watch it, don't let season two stop you from getting to season three because it's kind of like a misstep. And then season three is really good. I've only seen season one. Yeah. Maybe I'll skip two and go straight to three. Go for it. So back to the Investor Day. The next announcement that we got was Thor Love and Thunder, which will be coming out in May 6th. 2022. And we got confirmation that Kristen Bale is joining, but specifically as the character Gore the God Butcher. I love Kristen Bale. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been really excited that he's been joining as the as a character in the movie, but I didn't know who he was going to play. And even though I have no idea, because again, not huge into the comic side of things, even though I don't know who Gore the God Butcher is, the name alone is yeah. what I'm getting excited about. <laughs> I completely agree. I was like, Christian Bale as the villain? Yes, I'm in. Yeah. It's going to be great. He's just... Like, because of course I know it always comes back to Nolan. He was Batman in the Nolan movies. It just, it feels like Christian Bale was somebody that just needed to be in the MCU at some point. And even if it just means being a villain and I'm hoping not just a one-off role, but given Marvel's track record, probably a one-off role, Hmm. um, it'll be fun to have him in even for a little bit. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And I'm curious about overall what the tone of Love and Thunder is going to be because Ragnarok really went into that, you know, kind of campy territory. Mm-hmm. In my in my opinion, not overly so. I love Ragnarok. I think it's fantastic. So do I. Um, but knowing that Waititi is back, I, I'm curious to see Christian Bale in a role in which he is villainous, but maybe playing up a little bit of that camp. And, and I can't help but think about American Psycho and his performance in that movie even though that was a while ago now, but I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do and what this movie is going to be like. Right. And and, and tackling all that, as well as bringing back Natalie Portman as yeah. Jane to, to, to helm the Thor mantle as well. Mm-hmm. There's so much to be excited for in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. And Valkyrie, right, is a character that I'm yeah. excited to see more of. It, I know it's it's... It's overstated, but it really is amazing how much Watiti. I always butcher this name, Watiti. I, I, that's usually how I pronounce it. I'm okay, not cool. entirely sure, though. He, how he pretty much rebooted the Thor franchise. Because even though I enjoyed the first two, there was just so much more energy brought into Ragnarok. And I'm excited to see that continue. Agreed. So moving on, uh, another movie confirmation that we got is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, <laughs> which is TBA as well. Um and we got some confirmations that uh, along with with uh, Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and Evangeline Lilly returning. 
uh, we got Jonathan Majors confirmed as King the Conqueror. And this was surprising because I've been seeing a lot of like discussion about this online. Of course, it's something we'll never know. It seems like, well, it doesn't seem like it is. Catherine Newton has replaced Emma Furman as Cassie Lang, who mm-hmm. the last time we saw her rendition of Cassie Lang was an Avengers Endgame. I, it, it's hard not having any of the comic book knowledge to uh, to really have any thoughts on how I feel about them doing the recast. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is a bummer to, because to, everything I've seen is that the actress found out the day of the investor announcements that she was being oh, replaced. Oh man, uh, really? Yeah, she found out through the actual thing that uh, it was happening. So that Ooh. that's... That's a bummer. That's such a bummer. That's yeah. such a bummer. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was curious. I was curious about why. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad to hear that it wasn't necessarily a mutual thing. Yeah. It and it's one of I'm sure in in game it was it was a casting that wasn't given too much thought. And then as right. we're transitioning into the next generation to handle. They probably wanted to just go with somebody else, but it's it's still rough nonetheless. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about how this one is gonna, you know, both carry the story of Ant Man and the Wasp as we have seen develop so far, and you know, also connect to the other movies and shows in this next phase. And of course, you know, they had to put Quantum in front of everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> It's like I can't get a read uh, on this because we've seen the first two Ant-Man movies and there's a level of levity to them that, you know, we've grown used to. It's Paul Rudd. Like, it's it's that's kind of his, I don't want to say shtick, but that's what you come to expect from a Paul Rudd movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kang the Conqueror as the villain who, as everything I've seen, is like a Thanos-level threat at least as as somebody people were pitching as the next big bad and so it's like it feels like it's going to be heavier and then you come back to quantum mania so <laughs> I, I have no idea what to expect from this film i completely agree it's gonna be it's gonna be weird <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be weird in the best paul rudd way yep <laughs> uh so moving on from there another announcement we got uh was black panther 2 uh, which will be debuting on July 8th, 2022. And I think the biggest news that we got is they confirmed that they will not recast Chadwick Boseman in respect to the character that he played, uh, and instead will be focusing on other characters that were established in the film itself. You know, it's something that we really haven't talked to talked much about on the podcast here, uh, just because it, it, it was way too soon to talk about recasting, given... Mm-hmm you know, everything with Chadwick Boseman. But I don't know how to feel, honestly. Um, it, yes, you know, you want to pay respect and and let the character be that Chadwick Boseman, you know, basically created on screen the presence that he brought. But there is this level of like, man, there, it felt like there were still so many stories left to tell with T'Challa. I, it, I mean, it's just hard. There's no real answer, I think, with that. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're capturing it really well. I, I It's almost like a bittersweet feeling because mm-hmm. you're you know i was glad to hear it that they weren't recasting you know in honor of bozeman but then at the same time i did have that moment of oh man i'm gonna miss t'challa and and mm-hmm. knowing that t'challa has so many stories that in the comics uh that weren't um already explored on screen and not and not that they have to explore every comic story on screen obviously they don't but I just, yeah, it, it feels like a loss of the character. And of course, it's a 
huge loss, a tremendous loss of this actor. So none of the news surrounding it feels good particularly, Mm -hmm. but it will be interesting to see the direction that they go in in terms of the mantle of Black Panther. And I I know people have been discussing maybe that the character Shuri or M'Baku might take on that mantle. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. That'll be one to follow for sure. And finally, I think the the biggest surprise news is that we got confirmation that the Fantastic Four will be joining the MCU in their first feature-length film, which is TBA. But we do have confirmation that John Watts will be the director who has helmed the first two Spider-Man films. And honestly, it feels fitting Mm -hmm. because... You know, we talked about this not too long ago, I think, in our our fan theories episode, where the cell of Tony Tony Stark's tower, the hint of the Fantastic Four and Far From Home, it really feels like they've been paving the way towards the Fantastic Four, and having the director of the Spider-Man films to helm this, it it feels like they've been teasing us all along. Yeah, it really does. Going back to what we were saying earlier, when the only words that were coming to mind were brilliant and clever and all of these things. Yeah. It, it, this feels super fitting, super exciting. I love, you know, and maybe not everybody feels this way, but I love what Watts did with the Spider-Man movies. I think the visuals in far from home are stunning. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think about that scene with the, you know, Mysterio's <laughs> for lack of a better word, his helmet. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> whatever, I don't know. It's fishbowl. This is fishbowl. Right. And, and the visuals of, of that kind of like, looking like a snow globe and just that that whole scene when Spider-Man is, is it's incredible. It's incredible. And yeah. I think that it's going to be very, very cool to see what he does with the Fantastic Four. And, you know, I saw the 2005 Fantastic Four movie years ago and then uh-huh. never revisited it. <laughs> I never revisited it. I don't think I ever saw all of the Silver Surfer sequel, to uh-huh. be honest with you. Um, I did see the 2015 one because that cast was stacked. Yeah. Incredible cast. And um, I think there were cool elements to that 2015 movie, but it, it didn't leave too much of an impression on me. I, I, I don't know. I think that there was there's such potential with these characters. that They are compelling and weird and complex. <laughs> and I can't wait to see these characters get the MCU treatment because they deserve it. Of course. Also, as a slight tangent, I'm so glad that you've seen that recent Fantastic Four <laughs> film as well, because Jude was giving me flag for it. And I agree, like, not to go too far into it, I think there was a good movie within there that just didn't quite come out, but there were so many elements to it that just were, like, so close to being something really, really good. Yeah, totally. I, from what I remember, I mean, again, the cast was really incredible i mean michael b jordan was in that movie and yeah. kate mara and it was just you know really yeah I, I don't know exactly what what went wrong with that movie but i i think it's going to be incredible and i know that you and jude have talked about uh you know fan casting before and and dream uh casting or alternate casting of characters in the mcu and uh, so i was curious if you have uh, been looking at you know, people's speculation or maybe just hopes and desires for John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Mm. You know, I was listening to a podcast called the MCU Fan Show, mm-hmm. and they pitched something to me that I remember, well, not to me directly, they pitched something in the episode <laughs> where they had Seth Rogen as the thing. Ooh. And I remember first being like, no. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, 
I don't know. I think that there's something about it that feels perfect. So as far as fan casting go, I think that's the one I've been kind of leaning towards the most. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any fan casting ideas? You know, I, I've just been seeing online that people are really pushing for Krasinski and Blunt, which makes sense. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you guys have talked about how they almost had other MCU rule, uh, roles, I should say. <laughs> um, but uh, so now, because I've been reading that, I feel like I have that in my head and mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time thinking of other people. Me too. Um, but I... I trust, you know, the MCU has done such a great job of, in many cases, casting up-and-comers who were, you know, then kind of stuck it out. And I mean, Tom Hedleston, who is still, you know, going with the MCU, right? And people Mm -hmm. who, Chris Evans, who was not necessarily a popular choice at the time to be Captain America. So, you know, maybe they have some tricks up their sleeve and maybe there are people that we're, you know, are less on our radar than somebody like John Krasinski, you know, or Emily Blunt who would be incredible and we just don't know yet. Yeah, they've definitely have done spectacular work uh in the casting department and mm-hmm. um I believe it's Sarah Finley. I was trying to do a quick Google search on that. She's been the casting director for the MCU. Yes, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. She is unsung hero. She's done great work. All right, hey, this is a quick note from me editing this. I totally got the name wrong. Her name is Sarah Holly Finn. So just jumping in to correct that, and we're going to be going back into the episode now. Well, I think that's going to do it for our brief, I can't even say brief, this is a really jam-packed episode. This has been (laughs) a a wonderful look through all the announcements that we had from the Investor Day. But we cannot end without our question of the week. So Mm -hmm. Tara, which of the new projects are you most excited about? This is so difficult. I know. (laughs) It's so difficult because each and everything that we just talked about, the entire time we're talking about it, I feel pumped. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. hyped talking about each and every one of these. Well, I'll I'll even peek behind the curtains here a little bit. I think I pitched this to you as like a short 30-minute episode. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an hour because clearly we're so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I mean, cut whatever you need to cut, but I just couldn't stop talking about some of this (laughs) stuff because it's so exciting. There is part of me, there's just like, I feel like I have an intellectual answer to this question. Uh And then there's like the thing in my gut that's just yelling at me about Loki and how I can't stop thinking about the Loki series and that I'm just so intrigued by it and so hyped and confused. And I, in this moment, I want to say Loki. Yeah, that's a definitely good answer. Like that, that feels really exciting. For me, it's hard not to be pulled towards Miss Marvel. I already teased it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I have the connection of being one of the few comics that I've read before. Um, I think it's a fun new aspect, as we've talked about, with sort of having this fan perspective going into being a superhero that we haven't seen in the MCU. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see that world come to fruition and eventually join the larger universe overall. Totally. Well... That's going to do it for the episode as a whole. Uh, So once again, I want to thank you so much for joining me and basically on the spot to do this. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Thank you. This was such a blast. I've had a great time talking with you. Missed talking with Jude. I hope to work with both of you again and and hopefully have you guys on There Was an Idea um, in January, February to talk a little bit about WandaVision. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Yeah. So... 
Just to hammer that point home a little bit more, if you aren't already, please subscribe to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Um, I believe you can find it on most podcast platforms of your choice, mm-hmm. as well as social media, if I'm not mistaken, at an idea underscore. Yes, at, <laughs> at an idea underscore podcast. Podcast, on, thank you. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. You, ha- you always post so many cool behind-the-scenes footage on your social media, so it's definitely worth a follow. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, if you want to keep up with this show, you can always find us at Know on Twitter and Instagram or write us an email at mcuneedtoknow at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, uh, if you'd leave us a star rating or review, we'd greatly appreciate it. And finally, we'd like to give a special shout-out to Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. Uh, He has a lot of great original work on the SoundCloud, which you can find linked in the description. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, thank you, Tara. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. I'm intrigued. I don't, I, yeah, I don't really know what to expect on this one. I haven't done too much thinking about what I am great. I am great. <laughs> <laughs> I am great. Um, no, I'm I, have, <laughs> I have not. And finally, the biggest surprise announcement mm-hmm. that I think we've got is Fantastic Four. The full movie will be joining the MCU. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm going to restart that. That was poorly worth it. <laughs> All four of them. <laughs> it will be fantastic. Fantastically joining the four of them. With. <laughs> oh, man.